It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as we bring you episode 154. Jake Elliott, Jamie Dowick back for another week here in the co-host chair. And JD, uh, another week gone by here, which means another week closer to NLL training camps, which has me all sorts of excited and a big program lined up this week as well. Let me get that out of the way off the top, uh, if I will. As uh, lacrosse the nation this week, I, I mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was last week or maybe the week before, folks over there in the harbor city of Nanaimo, British Columbia, a little upset uh, with, with the promo video of, of the St. Albert Miners hosting the President's Cup in, in 2018, of course, hosted by the Nanaimo Timbermen. In a game that they they fell short in in the gold medal in overtime in front of a packed house at Frank Crane Arena. So that wound's still a a little deep and a little open there for Nanaimo. So I had to make it right. We got Sean Swanson from Nanaimo to talk things all Timbermen here. And Sean has been, well, he's been involved in the Nanaimo lacrosse scene for a long, long time. Currently the owner of the senior B team, if I'm not mistaken, He's got kids in the minor organization, a former player at the senior A level as well, and and just heavily entrenched and rooted in Nanaimo lacrosse. Was a little hesitant, I might say, to to come on, but once I kind of let him know what the deal was here, I said, listen, man, like it's, people always get a little twisted up about like, what are you going to ask? Can you send me questions beforehand? And Sean didn't really do that, but some people will. And I just say like, Listen, like, I don't prepare any questions for anybody. I ask the first question, and I just take the conversation wherever it goes from there. And I'm never going to, like, lay you across the railroad tracks here and tie you down and, and, and run you over with something. So it's going to be a friendly, fun conversation about the history and uh, the life and times of Nanaimo Timberman Lacrosse, Lacrosse the Nation, coming up in quarter two. So we'll look forward to that. Quick Sticks, of course, the staple of Lax Class in quarter number three. And uh, quarter four, Stampede Stallion of the Week. My selection this week, Jamie Dowick. And I think I got a good one here that that you may have a little trouble coming up with the answer for. But I'm going to try and come up with some good clues. I don't want you to get it right away. But uh, we'll see how this goes here coming up in quarter four, Stampede Stallion of the week is uh, I'm adjusting my, can you tell I'm adjusting my audio levels on the fly here? Like, is it getting louder for you or no? Well, I haven't said anything yet. I'm just listening. It sounds good to me, <laughs> okay. brother. I'm just watching my audio <laughs> levels here. I'm getting louder in my own ear, but my levels aren't increasing on my, on my computer screen here. So I'm a little concerned, but I think we'll be okay. Um, so we'll look forward to all that coming up. Quarter, big focus, of course, here in quarter number one as well. As welcome back to the podcast here, Jamie. Uh, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, back where you're from. Let's start with this. What do we got here tonight? We got uh, Bills and yeah, who are the Bills we, playing? We were 
Bills Titans. This is a big Dallas family household football game here. Uh, oh right, yeah, one you got son it. Yeah. One son, a huge Titans guy, and the other one, and both his parents kind of jumping on the wagon on the Bills side of it. So uh, big, big. Big betting game. I need the Bills tonight. I need the Bills fantasy-wise. I need the Bills betting-wise. I'm all Bills tonight. I'm on a roll. Monday night football. Bills, baby. Bills. All Bills all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, what about the weekend? What Broncos went down. My Seahawks. Uh, don't, don't move by those two terrible teams. I can just see Nick Rose kicking back today, all high and mighty after a, a Geno yeah. fumble in overtime. Nick Rose's team isn't any good either. So, you know, like, hey, listen, just like lacrosse, <laughs> enjoy the ride. There's one winner, man, and it isn't the Broncos, it isn't the Seahawks, and it isn't the Steelers. Take that to the bank, folks. <laughs> you got a Super Bowl prediction? Well, I mean, hard to, hard to go against Tampa Bay. Um, but I mean, to me, it's going to be Tampa and the bills and, and I'm, I'm all bills, man. I like that. I think I just, Josh Allen to me is the best player in the game right now. And I just love watching him every, you know, awesome leader. Just that, that team's built, been built right. And I think they're ready for greatness, but Tampa's great. And there's other good teams too. Uh, Arizona, Arizona. Yeah. Baltimore. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but I think. Tampa Bay and, and Buffalo, are, for me, are, are the two teams kind of hoping to see play, and I'm hoping to see Buffalo beat them. Uh, we'll see how it all plays. What about the rest of the weekend? Would uh, anything get up to anything fun or uh, exciting over the weekend? No. Nothing? No, pretty uneventful. I was home alone uh, pretty well. Wife was away on a yoga retreat, and uh, me and the dog just kind of were really lazy. So Yoga uh, retreat. Yeah, yeah, a little weekend yoga retreat with, a, I guess, a bunch of ladies she does yoga with and whatever. All I right. hear her there, nice little place. So I had a, I had a quiet weekend Nothing. of myself and didn't really do anything, if I'm being totally honest. Well, Made sure the house was clean when she got home. That was about it. That's half the battle. Funnily enough, um, Danny was over in Nanaimo on the weekend with one of her friends watching her son play hockey for the Clippers. So I had the weekend to myself as well, and uh, me and my boy Brad Challoner made our way downtown on Saturday night to go to Rogers Arena and, and hang out with uh, the Warriors for a little meet and greet down there at Rogers Arena, which was a lot of fun, and, and got to meet some new rookies and some of the support staff and some of the new executives hanging around the franchise as well. So great night down there at Rogers Arena on Saturday night. And uh, we we took ourselves uh, around a, a little bit after and, and <laughs> happened to run into former sponsor of the podcast, uh, Blair Wilson and G. Wilson Construction, was celebrating his birthday downtown as well. So I actually, Brad convinced me to take uh, public transit for the first time. Like I took the Sky Train. I want to say it's been 30 years or something, Jamie, since I had taken the Sky Train. <laughs> so Brad convinced me to do this because we were going to drink a little bit and I didn't want to have to worry about it. So I took the Sky Train down there and then I run into Blair down there and, you know, he's he, he rolls pretty hard and uh, he had the party bus going. So <laughs> I got a nice little ride on the party bus on the way home for free, which was good. I worked out okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, we got lots to talk about here in, in quarter one in the big focus. We're going to concentrate on the Eastern Conference this week. 
So as we did last week, uh, I think I fixed my audio now here, Jamie. Hopefully that's sounding a little better for the peoples at, at home or wherever you may be listening to Alexa. So we focused on the Western Conference last week. We'll take a look in on the Eastern Conference this week. And uh, my boy Nolan Clayton sliding into my DMs prior to recording here, Jamie, saying, uh, I, I know you guys are doing the East coming up. Don't sleep on the New York Riptide coming up this season. Uh, he, he thinks that the Riptide are going to make some waves here. Pun it, warning issue, Jamie. So we'll have to uh, discuss that coming up here in the big focus. Before we get to that, though, I want to ask you about gambling and the NLL. I know some news is coming in this regard with with partnerships and all the rest of it, but I think my question here for you, and I don't know if you have any inside knowledge on this, but you gamble. I do a little bit of gambling as well. Not, you know, like tiny bit sort of thing. I'm, I'm a terrible gambler. I'll say that. But I'm wondering where and how, like I know computers come into play here, but who are going to be or how are you going to select the odds makers here, and how are these guys going to know on how to set the lines here for the upcoming NLL schedule? And are there going to be things like, I'm asking you a ton of questions here, but are there going to be things like injury reports available prior to games and stuff so legitimate betting can take place? Yeah, you know what? I don't really know the answers to all those questions right now. I mean, I really don't. Like, uh, I, you know, I hear what you hear with regards to that. Um, I know sports betting is something that the league's planning on getting involved in, and but I, I don't really know the particulars on how any of that's going to okay. work or yeah, be I just, rolled out. You know, out. like I, it's it's crazy to me how accurate and precise bookmakers are when they come to setting lines, whether it's the money line, the over under, the point spread. Like it's incredible to me how close these guys come to it. Game oh, after game, so good. Night so after good. night, like it's insane. And I just wonder who's out there that is that tapped into lacrosse that is going to be able to kind of do this. And like I said, I know computer formulas come into play and, and all the rest of it, but I just I'd like to get a little deeper into it and kind of find that stuff out. But I guess we're still a ways away from that. But with that being said, Jamie, like gambling is going to take this sport and this league to another level when when your average sports fan can lay down a little cake on an NLL game. Yeah, I mean, they, and, and now, you know, and they got to have access to watch it, though. That, that's an important part of it, and, you know, that's coming, I, I believe. I mean, we've got, got that up here now with the TSN deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we talk about fantasy football every week when you and I get together, ask me for an update. I mean – it makes the game a lot more fun and uh i love football but i love the fantasy aspect of it and uh i think there i think that's something that you know i don't know to me that's an area that could take off before you know big time gambling yeah. on yeah on because you don't have to set you're you're right you say who's setting lines on games that's a great question oh like, there it is where, it's been a while jamie Cowan. it has been a, it has been a while <laughs> but you, you know um but putting fantasy teams together um so i i don't know exactly what the gambling direction is well i remember back when georgie i think it was georgie daniel was the commissioner and they had the the little fantasy thing where you know you you pick 
a goalie and two D guys and a transition guy and two forwards or whatever it was. And that was a whole lot of fun. Like there wasn't any money or prizes yeah, or anything. Yeah, well, it was on good. The was prizes fun. were too small to draw anyone's attention. And, and then there wasn't anywhere for people to really want. Like you got to be available for people to see it, to want to do that and stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think I think it will come. Is it going to be here for the start of our season? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. So that's still kind of up in the air. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe, all right, all maybe, right. Maybe all right. not. I'm just, I'm just not. Like, I just don't know the answer to that. What did? What do you know the answers to, Jamie? Do you know when an American <laughs> television deal is going to be announced? Like, we've seen, seemingly been waiting for this to come down the pipeline for what feels like a long time. Yeah, I, bl- I believe that is imminent. Okay imminent i'll take it i'll take it because i feel like a bunch of dominoes are gonna fall once that news hits yeah that, that should be big news i mean yeah you know that is Huge uh, news, that is man. good and yeah i mean linear tv to me it the, the, the thing with that is and why it's so important is you know we need to get the game out to more people Gotta have people it. need to stumble into the game and stop and go hey what's this oh i like this you know and, and, and <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna happen yeah unless they just you know we're out there so the more we can get out there the better absolutely 100 percent agree on that uh so maybe we'll touch a little bit more on gambling as we get a little closer to the start of the season i cannot believe it jamie a vancouver warriors training camp just 11 Days away, like that. Uh, oh, I've heard it's been going on for a couple months. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I there's hey, just telling you, just telling you what. The well, no, no you know what? No coaches, uh, eight, nine players allowed, and a goalie out there unsupervised, uh, completely above board and legal. Don't tell me the Rock Boys haven't been out doing the same thing, Dalek. Come on. No, they've well, the, no, they've been playing Rock Elite Pro with. Guys from all the other teams, that's all. I, as far as I'm concerned, that's all they've been doing so far. <laughs> just, ta- just telling you what far I'm hearing on these coasts here. You know, as far you like as... a good rumor, that's what I'm hearing. Okay, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to either confirm nor deny any allegations you may be making or not making. Right. With that being said, Jamie, let's do this. It's time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. The big focus. Big focus. No, no, the big focus. 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 Big focus this week, Jamie. We mentioned it off the top. We talked Western Division, Western Conference last week. This week we're talking Eastern. Um, where would you like to begin with the Eastern Conference? If I may recall here. The standings when the pandemic ended, whatever that was, like a year and a half ago, was that that long or was it longer? I, it's been a long time. Eight and three were the New England Blackwell. Seven and five were the Georgia Swarm. Eight and six were the Philly Wings. One and twelve were the Riptide, and and that was of course the East Division and the North Division. Eight and four Halifax. Seven and four Toronto. Seven and four Buffalo. Two and ten. Rochester, so all those teams now grouped in one conference. Where would you like to begin? Start at the top, start at the bottom. You like levels? Like where you where where you want to go? Well, okay, let's um, 
We could go with the 14th ranked power ranking team in Toronto. We could start there. Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll leave Toronto out of here really other than, you know, you know how I feel about my team. I think our team's built to win. I think our team's built to win now. And, you know, the expectations of my team are championship or bust. And, and, uh, you know, that's how I feel. I know that's how my players feel. And it's time for us to get it done. So that's what I'll say well, That's let me ask you this. About us. Let me ask yes. you about you then. Do you have like a a goal in mind of where you'd like to finish record wise, or are you looking to go like have a winning record against everybody in the the East, or like how do you kind of set out your goals? Make the playoffs, get a home date. Like what what are you shooting besides Listen, eighteen and zero? No, I mean I, I think eighteen and zero is probably unrealistic for anyone, but the reality is. You know, we're, we're shooting for top in our division, and, and that's our goal. Um, you know, with that, uh, I, I, I just think it's the easiest route to, to the championship. So, you know, regular season's important. I mean, yes, getting the playoffs and anything can happen. So the, first and foremost, make sure you're in the playoffs. But, you know, after that, yeah, you got to be one to be the top seed. And, you know, to me, if you're if you're – that have the best record in the game over 18 games, you know, you are one of the better teams, if not the, the best team. Now that doesn't mean you're going to win because playoffs come down, you know, well, we have two series now, but you know, a single game and then a series. So, you know, anything can happen, but, but that's the goal for sure for us. Okay. Well, let me ask you one more Toronto rock question before, before we move on is my audio has gone wacky again. Biggest strength of your team biggest weakness of your team i think the biggest strength of our team is going to be our defense and our goaltending i think our back end is going to be our biggest strength and uh you know i, I for me it's I the left side use, offense jamie i want to see what yeah, that left I, side I, offense. we can we can definitely use some depth on the left side offense but i think everyone can but you know i think our right side is is as good as anyone's and and like i said i think our defense is the strength of our team so um you know, we're, we're confident with the guys we got over there, but yeah, I'm waiting to see what a couple guys might do. And, you know, that, that is a position that we, we could add some depth to, or, or some high end talent to, uh, if I'm being totally honest, but you know, we feel good where we are at the same time. Well, I'll tell you this, like, and I was kind of talking about this with a couple of the Warriors guys, like more so than any other year, I feel like training camp, some guys are going to get released or cut from teams that are going to get snapped up from other teams instantly. Like, I feel like there is going to be a lot of high end talent. That's just not going to make it because there's going to be so much competition with two years of draft picks and all the rest of it. Like, I think there's some going to be some good players on the outside looking in and other teams might go, Oh, I think that's an upgrade in a certain area on our team. Let's grab that guy, but you got to wait. Yeah, I mean, I think there could be a lot of that. See, here's the thing. We haven't played in two years. So older guys, two years older. And and you're right. Like, But uh, then we just don't know, right? Like some teams have a have a, have a whack of uh, young guys coming in. And, and, they, you know, that'll be the tough decision. Hey, this guy's two years older. He's making a lot of money. Now we have these kids coming in who are, you know, rookie salaries. And that's a factor in our league. And, you know, then you're looking at a 10-year age gap. So it will be very interesting to see what teams do and, you know, what players do get released or, 
you know, get asked to go on the practice roster and then what happens, you know? So they're, 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 it should be very interesting. There's a lot of players. I think most teams are taking a lot of players to camp. So that'll yeah. make it interesting. Um, what else? Can oh, Before we move on to some, maybe some other teams, can you tell me what's going on with the prodigy Johnny Paulus? Has he been signed or is he going to get signed or is he just done? Uh, I think John, Johnny's plan is to, to take some time is expecting another baby in okay. December. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what his plans are for this year. You know, we've talked to him, but right now, um, you know, Johnny's focused on his, his child coming in December and, uh, not there. planning on attending any training camps. Okay. Um, all right. So there's Toronto off the list. Obviously we're going to spend a little more extra time. Oh, we didn't even mention that. Well, maybe we'll mention that later in quick six. I'll do that. But, uh, all right. Where, like, who else do you see around the top of the conference? Is it Buffalo? Is it Philly? Is it Halifax? Is it maybe all three of those? Yeah, well, I mean, let, let's start with Buffalo. I think you got to throw Buffalo in there. They're in there every year. Um, they've got a great team. They had a great draft. They made some trades. Tahoka, Connor Field, draft Tahoka, Connor Fields. Well, there's a perfect you know, example, got- Jamie, of maybe – just too many bodies up front there for the well, bandit. Like not everybody's making that bandits team. Well, there you go. I, I thought you were going a different direction with oh. that saying, you know, too much talent, this and that, like, no, you know, well, there's only, there's only one ball, but that I was going to say good, good problem. Good problem to have. Sure. Like, I'll take that problem. I'll take that problem every day and, and figure it out from there. But um, yeah, they, they do. They do have a lot of guys. It'll be interesting to see what, what they do. But I think we can. We're going to say that about everyone, really, when, when it's all said and done. But you know, Buffalo will definitely, in my opinion, be up there. You know, making a claim in the East and and battling and and be there probably at the end, fighting with someone. So Philly, uh, Philly's gone them, out and signed a lot yeah. of new bodies, right? See how all that yeah. fits together. Yeah, for me, kind of the next kind of you know in the Buffalo kind of tier. When I'm looking at teams, like, I'm expecting Philly, I'm expecting Georgia, and I'm expecting Halifax to, you know, um, I'll I'll be up there. They're all very good teams, and they all have very good A lot of turnover in Georgia, though, Jamie. Like, you know, Stott's gone. Like, uh, Miles, I don't know if he's going to be back. I I look at their left side, like... I don't know. They Let's still see. have the. They still have the former, or you know, the last MVP. I think when we Jacko. played and, and Shane Jackson, yeah. still got Lyle Thompson, who's maybe the best player in the game. They're you know they're a great coach team. They're good defensively. Poolin still got game in them. They still got a lot of defense. They're they're still a very very good team, and and uh, you know they'll, they'll be, in my opinion they're going to be there. Uh, you know Philly Phillies. You know, been on the right direction since day one. They looked like they were on their way, you know, the following year. And then have made a couple big additions in Ben McIntosh. And, you know, I think they got Corey Small since we last played for Crap Buffalo State. You know, they're going to – I think they're going to be – you know, I was real impressed with Higgins last time. Yeah. We saw them play. And, and to me, if they can get that kind of goaltending out of him, they're going to be a, a real good team. Uh, you know, Halifax, uh, you know, just – just go on Twitter. I got to put them in there. They, they, they believe they're there. And, yeah, and no, uh, yeah. you know, my, my only question from them is, you know, they are, especially up front, they're a little older and well, they got an older team. And so 
A lot of these guys haven't played a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, let's see where everyone's at. But, you know, they've, they've always been a, a good team, and, and they were one of the better teams when we left off. So, so that, you know, that, yeah. that leaves, uh, I guess. Rochester and cool. the Riptide, right? And Albany, I guess. Oh, and yeah. Albany, you yeah, know, who I knows totally about Albany? That yeah. They had the best record last time we stopped playing. But, you know, since then they haven't. They've lost Callum, who was a uh, you know huge part of their team. Steppel Bonk's no longer there. So for me, you know, Albany's got some question marks just to see how it all the new group mixes together with with the guys that are still there. And then and then defensively, they've always been really strong. So I imagine they'll get good support in their new city, and that's Gold something to build on. And, and Dougie J, right? Like, uh, yeah. So he, he's not getting any worse, you wouldn't think. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're down to Rochester and and, and the Riptide here, uh, a two and ten team, and what were the Riptide one and twelve when when things stopped? And I think both teams are obviously going to be much improved, especially with the likes of uh, of Jeff T joining and uh, Rochester signing some coveted free agents as well. Where where do you see the yeah? I mean, listen, they are they are going to be drastically improved. They won one and two games last time we played. New York's you know added Jeff T and Callum Crawford on the offensive end. I mean that that's huge. And you know Rochester's made some key additions as well. Coatsy on the back end, Evan Kirk. You know I think they signed an offensive guy too. I don't want I don't want to miss anyone, but I I think they'll both be very very much improved you know having said that so tough in that I, conference yeah, so there's there's still there's still really you know the latest expansion teams and and you know there's a lot of very good deep teams in the eastern conference so you know i, I gotta put someone kind of near the bottom like where i think right now you know we'll wait and see you know there I, a lot of question marks for me new york a lot of question marks on the defensive end and new coaching we'll staff see, there yeah, as well, I, new systems and all that. Everything's new there. And then, and then Rochester, I mean, I, I love Dan Carey and I love what he's doing. And, you know, they were a tough, they, they were a pretty tough team to play as an expansion team in uh, year one for us, I know. Um, so, you know, they've, they've made some good additions there and, uh, you know, great coach and Hazer and, and uh, you know, so, Listen, uh, anyone can do anything, but that, that's how I kind of see it. It's going to be a tough division, and, and you just got to take care of your your own business, and you'll end up on the right side of things. That's how I look at it. Would you like to predict a NLL Cup final matchup? Well. <laughs> I know you're putting Toronto. No, no, okay. I don't right now. <laughs> I don't. Hey, you know what? I got to say, I am absolutely loving the fact that you're getting a little taste of what it's like to be a guy like this in my chair where you have to say some some maybe some hard truths about some some things and you want to give some praise in other places but you know you got you got to kind of cover your ass somewhere else. It's not an easy thing to do to be honest but yet thoughtful and you know what I'm saying? Concise and all this sort of thing. Yeah, I get you, man. I mean, listen, I I, I kind of live my life by, you know, uh, whatever I'm going to say to you, I'd say to anyone and this and that, and that's how I answer this stuff. And, yeah, I, I, I want to be respectful to all my 
fellow, you know, GMs and owners and teams and this and that. But, you know, I mean, you're a straight you know, shooter, Jamie. You always have been. It's, it's, That's why you're on part. here because uh, people love to see it. Hey, let's. Uh, that was a great opening quarter, if I do say so myself here. Let's get to quarter number two. <clears throat> now you got me choked up. We're going across the nation to Nanaimo, British Columbia, and talking with Sean Swanson next year on episode 154 of Lax Glass. Back after this. Hey, this is Dan Marshall, voice of the Nanaimo Timberman. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, going the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into second quarter action here. Jake Kelly, Jamie Dowick with you as uh, quarter number two means it's time to head out uh, through the gates. We've passed security, Jamie. They've announced our zone. We're flying. We're flying private here. Let's not kid ourselves. Hop on the jet. We're going lacrosse the nation. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Lacrosse the nation. We've touched down in a small little airport up there in in the harbor city of Nanaimo, British Columbia. But uh, we landed safely, as you've heard. uh, Nanaimo, and welcoming to the podcast for the first time here is Sean Swanson. I gave you a bit of an intro off the top of the show, Sean, so I don't need to repeat it all. But uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this, man. How are things over in Nanaimo? Uh, really good right now. Yeah, I want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Jamie, nice to meet you here. Jake, you and I have a bit of a relationship, so sure. good, to, good to hear from you again. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's, uh, I mean, we don't talk often, and I want to say it's it's been a while, man, uh, 2018, which will, unfortunately for, for you, probably have to touch on, uh, but there's some good yes. things coming out of that year as well. But uh, let uh, answer me this. I know, you know, we're going to talk a lot of Timberman, but you personally, how did, are you born and raised in Nanaimo and how did you find your way into lacrosse? Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm an uh, Edmonton boy originally. I uh, only lived there a few years, but I got a lot of family back there. I uh, grew up in the lower mainland and uh, came to Nanaimo when I was about 12 years old. Okay. Um, didn't, didn't start playing lacrosse until uh, my early 20s. Wow. Um, so it's, uh, I'm a bit of a late starter. Yeah, played yeah. my first First box game as a senior B player. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a learning curve after the last 20 years or so. But so what got uh, you into fun. it? What, what made you pick up it? Was it just some buddies you were hanging around with said you should try this out? I think you might like it. Or, like, how that senior B first box game? That's, that's, no, yeah. that's no joke. <laughs> I uh, one of my best friends is Aaron Vanderhorst, uh, you know, well-known guy here in the and I'm obviously in sure. the BC. Yeah, uh, he was playing for the Victoria Junior Shamrocks, and uh, we decided to move down to Victoria because he he was playing for them. And uh, I was just kind of a hang-around guy with the team. They they brought me in. I, they treated me like one of the guys, and uh, started playing a little bit in the Victoria Field League down there, which back then was kind of a. Uh, it's legit. You know, Joes, and pro, Joes and pros, yeah. right? Like the Victoria Shamrocks are playing ballers. out with guys like myself who could, uh, you know, egg and spoon a ball. And uh, <laughs> Roger Dabina was the coach at the time. And he, I guess you saw him, you know, he was pretty athletic, not a great lacrosse player. And uh, he brought me out for senior B. And first practice, I threw a couple balls into the stands and whatnot, but kept, uh, kept working at it. And 
you know, 16 year career and senior, mostly senior B, a little bit of senior A a couple of years. And yeah, it's oh, been good enjoyable. For you, man. That is, that's big time stuff there. That's awesome. Well, obviously the, the history of the Timberman goes away, way back. And I don't know how much history, you know, being a transplant to Nanaimo, but there was a time when Nanaimo was absolutely flourishing at the senior level. And then it just went dark for like a, a long period of time before finally coming back. Do you know why that happened or how that happened? Was it maybe the war? Was that it? I uh, know the fifties we had senior A and okay. they, they won a, yeah. And then, uh, it, you know, after that, they, the Nanaimo luckies and whatnot in the sixties were, you know, they won two. How two about that for Cups. a name? Hey? Nanaimo and luckies. That's like a staple over there in Nanaimo lucky beers, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I think they were sponsored by that. One of the logos, and I haven't got my hands on them, a bit of a, a collector of memorabilia and whatnot. Um, but they've got an actual Lucky Logger logo. That oh, was, was one of their logos. Bring that yes. back for the Senior B season, man. Like, dig that <laughs> up. That would be legendary. Yeah, Third it journey. was quite neat. And then the the colors, though, were, you know, shamrock green and, and oh, white. So we had to, at some point, man. they made the decision to go with the, the red, black, and white. So. Yeah, and it was a good decision, and and really like super cool logo. There's a couple of different logos floating around for Timberman Lacrosse, but they're all they're all pretty self-explanatory. Like you, you just kind of think of the lumberjack carrying the the stick and the the plaid and all the rest exactly, of it. Yeah. Uh, do you know yeah, where, I, I, where that came from? The, the the design or who who the artist was behind that by chance? Oh, well, I'll probably get this wrong. I think I think Bruce Clark might have had his hands on it. Okay, um, Colt a Clark's long time. Down, yeah. You, you know, uh, I think he might have had his hands on it at one time, and then the uh, the Morrison family, I believe. But I, I don't want to do anyone wrong there. So uh, uh, somewhere, I think in like the seventies uh, or so, they they came up with the new new logo. Well, I always say Nanaimo really always has some of the best jerseys. There's was there was that one set at, at Senior A in particular where they had like the big white stripe around the midsection all the way around, and then they had the white numbers going going through that, which wasn't particularly great for for a guy like me but uh the plaid and, and the old school one the jerseys from the 50s i think uh the team honored there and, and the juniors have some great jerseys and the senior b team it's not all connected like junior a and junior b i think and senior a are kind of one conglomerate and then senior b is a little bit separate from from those three entities yeah yeah it's it's, it's something we've tried to work towards a little bit but obviously there's different factions and whatnot um chris bowman's done a really good job with the uh, senior a team here in town and and the junior a team as well uh dave bremner was a big big part of that and that team to where it is now yeah um and myself i've been focusing on the senior b group and then uh you know we're all involved with minor at some point as well well, tell me about the minor because uh, I often wonder, like, I don't know, I always, I guess because it's not readily available on social media like like senior lacrosse is, it's a little bit harder to follow and you just, you kind of hear about gold medal finals and stuff, but what are the what are the numbers like as far as minor registration goes in Nanaimo over the last few years? Have the numbers been going up? Have they been staying the same or are they dropping a bit? Uh, we 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 have a really good minor system. I, I believe you know. Let's take COVID aside, obviously, because you know that some numbers went down there. But we were four in the four fifty range, which I think gave us, if not the biggest, uh, the top three in BC for registration. Okay. So uh, we're really good in that sense. Our, our girls program is really really doing well. Uh, Graham Palmer, former awesome. uh, Timberman, played yeah. for the Lumberjacks a bit. Um, he he's got a couple daughters in that, so he's kind of heading that. 
our coaching at like the tyke and mini tyke level is pretty ridiculous. We, uh, I was looking at it and just trying to prep a little bit for the, the, the questions here yeah. are, uh, we got well, you did teams. more than I did, Sean, just so you know, if you <laughs> did that. <laughs> I, that's, I'm a bit of a nerd, so yeah, okay. I, I get it. But, uh, yeah. So like if I was just to drop a few names that are in our mini tyke and tyke groups, it's, uh, Caleb Toth, Scott Ranger, Kyle Cooling, uh, Riley Camp, who played with the Swarm, uh, Mike Morrison, who was a Minto Cup winner with Whitby and was a first-round draft pick in NLL, and then probably five or six other guys that are all senior B, senior A quality uh, players. So, and Jim, really, well, I was just going to say, Sean, like it, and, and I think you know, doing all these lacrosse the nations, which we've been kind of going all through all the hotbeds and stuff. That's really been the common thread, hey, Jamie, is that the give back from former players and, and high-level players is really what kind of separates the big and successful organizations among the rest is, and that not everyone has it, right? But if you have the luxury to have like four or five former NLL champions come back and start coaching your kids, it stands to reason the success is going to be there because they're getting the best coaching you can get. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, you know, our five to 10 year olds here have world-class coaching, uh, you know, at their fingertips here. So we're, we're hoping in the next little bit here, we can start winning some championships and whatnot and just building up the infrastructure and our coaching systems and all that. We'll, uh, something this winter, a group of us are getting together and, and trying to like point the, point the organization in the right direction as far as what, what's happening uh, behind the bench and whatnot. Well, I think we've seen that at, the junior A level, the success start to come now. And I think that's come a little bit before the senior A's, but I mean, it's great to see like Nanaimo for those that don't know was the best, had the best record in junior A lacrosse this past season. And only unfortunately got a chance to, to play Victoria in, in a bit of a playoff, but I would like to see that continue for them. And they, they gave Coquitlam a good push the year before, which is no easy task. And you can just start to see it get better and better. And now they got Glenn Clark coming in to coach that team. And no disrespect to the to the former coaches there, but now you're talking about a multi-time NLL champion coming in to coach that group, which is going to take it to the next level. And I think about Nanaimo in, in the early years of the senior A team returning, and <laughs> it was like, a place that kids that got cut from Victoria did not want to come and play. Like they just, they would either go play senior B or they just wouldn't play because they didn't want to put on a Timberman Jersey. And then when Caleb got there, they started to do things the right way and draft players and, and make them stick to their pick. Like, and that the pitch was like, listen, come and play for a year. And if you absolutely hate it or don't like what we're doing here, then we'll move you along. But come and give it a chance. I'm not going to move you until you do that. And that was something that they had never done before, kind of forced guys' hands to say, either you're playing here or you're not playing. And it's finally started to pay off. And I, and I kind of feel like it was maybe Brody Eastwood was the first guy to kind of go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And then he turned himself into the captain of that team. Yeah, and, and, you know, I played on those first two years of the uh, Senior A team when we got it back in 2005 and six, and, and watched the years after that. And it was just a, a revolving door of your best players basically coming in from a year from back east or Alberta or whatnot, and then they were gone the next year. So you're just replacing talent with talent. You're never, you know, building yeah, upon it. Yeah. And I think you're right there with uh, when Caleb took, came on, it, you know, I had a harder approach to the kids that they were drafting and just basically said, you know, if you don't want to play for us, we're not going to just make you happy by trading you somewhere else. Um, 
And I and Brody was well, yeah was one of those guys I believe I think he actually held out for a bit and the conversation yep. in the right way but yeah um, so they've got you know uh, Dave Bravner was did a really good job with the junior program and then what Bowman's done with the the senior program um, you know I think there's good good stuff on the horizon COVID kind of screwed a few that bit of that for them but uh, I'm hoping they can get back online here for. You know, 2022. Yeah, well, it's COVID screwed a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> um, speaking with Sean Swanson, lacrosse the nation here, talking to Nymo Timberman lacrosse. And I mentioned, Sean, the 2018 President's Cup. And, and you know, that was a year that I got to go to Calgary and, and call the Minto Cup in, in Alberta and then literally, like, fly back and head straight to Nanaimo to call the President's Cup with Dan Marshall and Teddy Jenner. And it was just, it was an amazing week, man. Like, and I know it didn't end the way that you guys were hoping. And, and it was tough to, to kind of watch that happen in overtime. But all the work that you put in that week, Sean, and all the volunteers, and I know your wife was right by your side the entire time. Like, that is a massive undertaking to pull off. And it went off without a hitch. And, and man, that gold medal game, Frank Crane, packed arena, drums, all the rest of it. Still gives me chills thinking about that atmosphere for that gold medal game. Absolutely. Take take yeah. me back to 2018 and and just uh, give me give me your general s- summary of it and and how you felt coming away from it after it all kind of sunk in. It was uh it was definitely uh you know I lost a lot of sleep that year. You know we had to basically go from a budget of you know on our senior B team I ran on forty fifty thousand dollars to doubling that or more to just. Well, that's just for Jeff Shatler, right? Just to get Shatler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it was my first time kind of negotiating with these guys that expect stuff from their playing days, right? So, you know, um, you know, getting Corey Conway and Jeff Shatler and other guys I talked to um, as a, as a GM at the senior B level, it's basically just trying to find players, good quality players, right? But when you start getting to those, you know, elite players, there's different things you got to consider, you know, flights and hotels and all that stuff. So getting the team actually, you know, right up until the playoff, the the deadline for signing players, I didn't know if we had the team yet. We we rolled through the playoffs. Ladner was giving us everything they could because they they were pretty hungry to win that one as well. Uh, we lost our first game of the President's Cup, and we had been to, I think that was our fourth President's Cup in six years, and we had uh, not done too well in our previous um, visits. Yeah, tough so, tough going east in, in the Prezi. The Prezi is yeah. a grind. Trying to go east as a BC team is, is almost impossible. So this was like your best chance being at home. Yeah, and we lose game one, and I, I remember crying that night going, this, you know, if we don't, we don't make the finals, there's no ticket sales. <laughs> My credit card's maxed out, <laughs> stuff like that, right? Yeah, so, yeah, stress, um, stress. You know, we just, that team came together over the next three, four games. And, uh, you know, losing in overtime is one thing at home, but to have, you know, you know we almost had 4,000 people in a 2,500-seat uh, arena. Yeah. Standing room only. The The experience was just, you know, win or lose. It was it was a gold medal for the community for sure. So, um yeah, nothing, nothing really. To look you, you don't have a collections agency like banging on your door. <laughs> no, we, 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 we broke it. We broke even at the very least oh, a perfect. little bit left to, to operate the next year. So, um, but it, yeah, I, I don't think there is, I don't know if there's been a president's cup that no. not well attended for the gold medal game and to, yeah. and to have a story play out like that was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing week uh, as a whole. What about this year, man? Uh, it's not too far away before you're going to have to start thinking about training camp and all that sort of stuff. Uh, senior B, what's the, the prognosis, the outlook looking like for the Senior B Timberman coming up? 
Well, we started in the uh, we started playing ball hockey last Thursday, so that's usually about this year, uh, this time of year. We just get the boys back together on a weekly basis, just to uh, you know get get some fitness in there and, and not really worry about lacrosse too much. We're just getting the boys back together. Um, we're looking at trying to add some new executive this year. We've, we've got the coaching and the training staff and the players. I think at this point there'll be a obviously a turnover because there's going to be a lot of junior players looking for places to play with two years not is, you know, is chaos coming back to co- is Cooley back for another year at, on the bench we're in negotiations <laughs> he was over yesterday for the football game so we'll, uh, we'll there with him, okay yeah. okay yeah yeah we we yeah i had him over for the steeler game yeah, yesterday so move him up a little bit uh, that's the way to his heart man right there yeah so we're we're both our kids are in minor now so that's that's our main focus so yeah. it's uh sort of trying to take some get some people to take over my role in a bit but i'll, I'll always have my uh you know my hands in the in the senior b cookie jar at some point here to just i I love the team and the organization and and i want it to continue on so yeah with covid it's it's it's, you know a lot of things up in the air right now but i will be all right well i appreciate the the go around here on derek you awake over there you got anything for sean swanson before i let him go no you know what i listen i asked you i'm not too familiar with the numbo from the outside looking in it's it seems like they've done a much better job you know um, you know, not being that doormat, stepsister right? to doormat, Victoria yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or being a, a, a legitimate lacrosse center. And I got Adam Jay who plays for the rock yeah. for me. Um, you know, could, couldn't speak better words about the organization in his time there and where's his Timberman stuff everywhere. And we tease Excellent. him about it, but I love it. And, and it's great. It's great to see a guy out here still representing and, and talking about the franchise and and we've had a pretty good working relationship with them at the senior level with Oakville. And, you know, you guys are doing a good thing out there and, and I'd love to get out to, what is it? Frank, Frank Claire arena, the crane, Frank Frank crane arena. Yeah. I'd love to get out there. It's a good barn, man. Perfect lacrosse barn. Like it's high, like double seating on, on both sides. It doesn't quite wrap all the way around, but beer garden in the one end so you got it up on the high level big old beer garden in one end and then what do they fit in there for a bit 2500 seats but you got four grand in there who lewis Ratcliffe. oh yeah for a bit yeah Yeah, yeah. a lot lot of guys coming through through there for sure um that's good man keep up the good work next time i've only been to the island god i think i've only been to the island twice i went once as a kid and i I went to a man cup out there, uh, you know, Vic six nations, but oh yeah, next time, I, I love it out there. It's gorgeous, man. And, and, uh, you know, I said to jumble last week, I said, what is it? You know what? Like the night, where's how far is Nanaimo from Vic? I mean, anywhere on that Island's got to be a great place to play. And, and, uh, I'm glad to see you guys having success. Yeah, we, it, it's, it is a great little community. You know, it, your, your commute to anywhere is 10 minutes. Uh, you can pretty much get an ocean view from anywhere. It's in, uh, we're a tight little packed, uh, community, especially the lacrosse and the, community. And the people there in Nanaimo, they love their Timbermen. They love their Clippers and they love their local sports, man. And, and when you got yourself a winner, they come out and support, uh, as, they should, and if they and if you don't have a winner, they kind of let you know about it too, which you you love to see <laughs> from a, a passionate fan base, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Swanee, this was great, man. Uh, I'm sorry if you did like way more prep and I didn't ask you questions that you prepared. No, for, I, 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 that's just who I am. 
right. Well, yeah, hey, so. I appreciate you going lacrosse the nation with us here, talking Timberman lacrosse. Best of luck with uh, the upcoming Senior B season. And I'll definitely be over to the crane come summertime because I've been missing it over there as well. Thanks for doing that. Sounds this. good. We'll, we'll go for a pint. There you go. There, right. you, uh, there you go. Sean Swanson and Nimo Timmerman. Uh, he runs the Senior B program. But like you said, Jamie, he's got kids in minor. He's played Senior A, Senior B there, and, and he's been there a long time and put on a, a wonderful President's Cup in, in 2018 and just a, a well-connected dude there when it comes to the box scene in, in the Hub City. Yeah, it sounds like they're in really good shape moving forward with all those great coaches coaching the young kids you know that's the key and totally they'll, they'll set they'll they'll set the foundation so he said they're in great shape from the five to ten year olds and guys like caleb toth and scott ranger and this and that and, yeah and that's awesome man that that's how you build those places and then the next guys will follow them and they, you know uh, they're they're doing good things out there yeah, absolutely. And and they got the facilities there in Nanaimo, too. I didn't even mention that. They recently got themselves a full covered box. And I think this is something that every municipality or community should really strive for. Lots of places have outdoor boxes, which are great. But get them covered. Throw some lighting up in there if you can. So these kids can... Well, yeah, you can't really do that here as much because of the winters. But out, out west, like man, it's cool. doable, be man. British Columbia, like yeah, you could be playing in an outdoor covered box year round. As far as I'm concerned, you know, for the most part, in the lower mainland, for sure. Boys were out at the box Sunday morning out there. Maybe we'll have to build a track west well, or something. I'm, uh, but no walls, you know. Okay, well, you got yourself like a building manager or whatever. If okay, building manager, right on, right on. Yeah. Something. Anyways, <laughs> get me on the get me on the payroll. Uh break You're time. in, big guy. You're in. <laughs> halftime here. Actually, it's not halftime because my memory just clicked on me here, Jamie Dowick. Lacrosse the Nation brought to you by our good friends at Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale since 1966 at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th. Kevin Michael Winkler and the gang uh always putting out the best products when it comes to Western wear. And like I mentioned in quarter one, Jamie, I took, took transit uh, for the first time in a long time downtown. And I don't know about you, but I'm a person that, that notices footwear on a lot of people. Like that's always kind of the first place I look. I don't know. It's because I don't want to make eye contact or whatever, but I'm always looking at people's feet, which sounds weird now that I say it out loud, but where I'm going with this, Jamie, is that, I cannot believe, or maybe I can believe it, how many people I see rocking Blundstones. It's almost like every third person or something is wearing a pair of Blundstone boots. And there's probably a reason for that, is that they're some of the best boots that money can buy. And Stampede Tack and Western Wear has them all. Check them out at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Check out some Blundstones and whatever else you may be into when you hop online there. Jamie, you know I'm going to ask you, give me your Blundstone update as we move into the midway mark of October here. It is fully boot season now. What are we waiting for? Well, I don't know what we're waiting for, but there is no update. I apologize. It's been busy. Listen. No, that's a lie because you told me in quarter one you (laughs) absolutely nothing going on in the week. Oh, (laughs) shit. So that's not an excuse. You know I'm holding you to this. You got that. seven days, my friend. 
Seven days. Trust me on this. You will not regret this. I, I really don't know why you just get off the fence there by the Stampede Tax Stable and and pull the trigger, man. All right? I'm fired up today for some reason. You are fired I'm up. I'm a little let's fired go. up. To, all right. All right. Let's get to break. Halftime. Quick sticks are next. EP 154. Back after this. Hey, this is Mark Madden's of Team Canada, Saskatchewan Rush, and the Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second half we go as I continue to play DJ with my audio levels here. Uh, Jay Kelly, Jamie Dowick, second half action. Quick sticks are here in quarter number three. And, and like I mentioned, the big focus, Jamie, we talked a lot about your Toronto Rock. But one thing we did not talk about is I have this at the top of my list here. New coaching staff there in Toronto adding... One, Colin Doyle. Ever hear of him? He was pretty good. Hall of Famer. And uh, Russell Kruger, as you snipe him away from the band. You're like, you're up one nothing on the Bandits here. As you yank a coach out of Buffalo and Rusty Kruger. Or, more Orangeville, never a bad thing. Uh, so tell me how this came about. And, and I, was it a situation where it was time to move on from Blaine Manning? Or was there other reasons behind that? Well, no, not at all. As far as you know, uh, th- this was Blaine's decision. Um, you know, Blaine's been, you know, truth been told, dealing with this for the last few years pre-COVID. Um, just you know, his job's evolving, and he's taken on more of a leadership role with his with his day job. And he's got three young kids who are growing up and more involved in a lot of stuff. So. Um, you know, he's been juggling those things for the last, uh, few years and, you know, it was, it would Blaine, uh, decided it was time to, for him to step away, uh, you know, to be able to give more time to both of those things. So, um, that was his decision, um, which left us in a position where we were looking for an offensive coach, um, you know, and didn't have to look too far. You know, didn't have to look. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, we considered a lot of things. Um, you know, Rusty Kruger was was under contract with the Bandits, and so in order to, to speak to him, you know, I needed to, to get permission from Buffalo, which they granted me. And, you know, like I said, I think in our press release, I mean, you know, my biggest competitor off the, on the floor, 100%, no doubt about it, uh, you know, off the floor, they're a great partner and, and a great team, a great franchise and, and great to work with. And, and they gave me permission to do that. And, Classic. Yeah. You know, um, here, here we are. So Rusty is uh, replacing Blaine on, on the bench. And, uh, you know, B. Miller is returned to us from his short stint there in Philadelphia playing that one year back into the role he was in with us before, which so just is... Hang uh, on a second here, Jamie. So just let me just let me go through this. Matt Sawyer from... Where is he from? Matt Sawyer is from Orangeville. Where is Brandon Miller from? He's from Orangeville. Uh, Ru- Rusty Kruger... I can't remember where Rusty Kruger grew up. Right? Yeah, he's kind of from Orangeville. Uh, how about Bruce Codd? Where is he? Yeah, he's kind of... I think he's from Warrensville too. <laughs> you know, see what you're proud. Terry uh, Sanderson. Listen, just, I mean, and they got he, Kitchener. He, he, they got Kitchener in there too. Yeah, we do. So, I mean, back to it. I mean, our our bench on our bench is is Maddie with Bruce and Rusty, and then 
B. Miller's back in his role that he was in before he left, and which is an assistant coach and her goaltending coach. He does a lot more than just, you know, dealing with her goaltenders at practice and stuff like that, but he's not on our bench on game day. And, you know, Colin expressed an interest to, to get back in with the team. I mean, he's around here all the time. He's involved in absolutely everything else we do here. And, you know, he's a Toronto rock lifer and, uh, you know, Colin won't be on the bench, but he's going to be a guy that's going to help us out of practice and, work with our coaches and work with some of our players one-on-one -on -one when he has that opportunity. And listen, man, to have uh, a guy like Colin Doyle want to help out um, and, and lend a hand to help us get to where we want to be, you know, any day, all day, every day. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the group and, and uh, you know, we're all excited. You know, we're just about, uh, well, as we record here, we're just under two weeks away. Uh, we'll get going on a week Saturday here for the Rock and, and looking forward to everything. Pretty serious coaching staff there. And listen, I know Doyler's not going to be on the bench, but eventually this guy's going to be the head coach of a National Lacrosse League team. Like, I have no doubt in my mind, if that's something that Colin Doyle wants to do and wants to be, it's going to happen. So, well yeah, done. Yeah, and I mean, just listen, Colin's, you know, much like Blaine, you know, Colin, and you're right. I mean, Colin would be a great NLL coach one day. Um, you know, Colin's got a lot going on in his life between he's got three girls that are all very heavily in, in playing lacrosse and he's very involved in that coaching. And he's got, he's got his own business on, on, you know, two businesses kind of on the side. And then, and then he's got kind of a pretty full-time job here at the track with the Rockstars program and stuff too. So, I, this is kind of the best of both worlds for Colin right yeah. now. I think, you know, he had the itch to get involved, but but he can't be on a bench. You know, he can't commit to that time-wise and this and that. So it. Yeah. It, it, it's really, uh, like I said, I think it's the best of both worlds, and, and we'll welcome his input. Well, good. Um, other quick sticks here. Congrats on all that, man. Uh, other quick sticks here. Got down this. Emily Hiltz, did you see this story? Referees Junior A. I, I love to see this female referee getting in there and officiating some Junior A lacrosse. I think somehow, I didn't I didn't get a chance to read the full story, but I think something happened to one of the officials, and Emily happened to be there, and they yanked her, and, like, on, and she did great. Like, and, like, you know, the other official was like, if you see a call, make a call, and she did, and, and kind of groundbreaking she's stuff. She's who I think she is. There, there's a couple pretty good female refs. I think, uh, you know, the females can make excellent refs in, in the sport of the lacrosse for me. I think they're a little intimidated yeah. by the well, male that's gotta, aspect. That's of what has to change, right? That's the part that right. has to change. But, but I've met a few, I've met a few and I think Emily might be one. And, you know, I I've chatted with her and she's very confident and, and and does a good job, and and I think it's good for the game. Well, listen, you're coming from from a lacrosse family through and through, like the Hilt family with Joey and Greg and all the rest of it. Like, uh, you're you're kind of you're immersed in that culture, and I think that's where it probably gives her a leg up. But I think the other thing that this, like, I just the BC Hockey League here, which has always kind of been an innovative hockey league, Junior A Hockey League out here on the West Coast. Just uh, made some history as well with the first all-female officiating uh, team, I guess you would call them, officiating a game between Surrey and Langley. So an all-like linesmen or lineswomen, I guess, and, and the referee, all women. And and this is making news, and this is kind of a big story. And I think, I, I hope, 
what the hope is one day is that this won't be a story or something that needs to be. Well, and I was just going to say norm, that, right? Like, like, honestly, be, yeah. I don't think it's a story anymore. I was just going to say, I, I watch the NFL. NBA. Every, every single game in the NFL, it seems like there's at least one, one female official. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't think it to me when I watch it. I, yeah, whatever it might be, any sport. I think it's because it it's a first, right? It's the first. Like I saw, we saw in Philadelphia yeah. the first woman to ever do play-by-play for the 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 seventy sixers. So that was a thing, and you know, women Listen, officiating, if they're the best women person coaching. for the job, they should get the job, you yeah. know. And if they're not, they should. It should have nothing to do. Like to me, I'm past the gender thing on that. To me, it's about who's best for the job. There you go. And if that's a male, that's a male. And if it's a female, it's a female. It's just, yeah, you know. And Amen. I think the NFL's done that. And NBA you know, to me, well. they're the most visible, visible one. So oh. I, I don't doesn't even coaching, me anymore. officiating, whatever it may be. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've proven time and time again, women are fully capable of doing the job that that men the same job that men do. So I just wanted to give Emily a little shout out there because she's making a little bit of history and, and I thought it was worth the mention. This is also worth the mention here on quick sticks that the Harry Jerome arena, which is out in North Vancouver, the home of the North shore Indians is getting torn down and they're not getting another one built for like a long, long time, like a couple of years. And it's scheduled to be torn down in December, and I, and I don't know if if the city folk out there in North Van really thought this thing through, but a lot of kids and a lot of teams are going to be without a place to play for, for a long time. And now people are clamoring out there in North Van to keep Harry Jerome open until the new arena is finished, and I don't even know why this isn't just happening already like it seems crazy like if it's i thought they were tearing down the barn and building it right back where they're tearing it down but i don't think that's the case so there's really no reason to shut the doors until the new one is ready to go i put it put this on my facebook and i think there's a petition going around so if you want to kind of get behind this cause uh hop on my facebook and and click on the link there on my timeline and try and help save Harry Jerome Arena, at least until, a lot of history in that building, at least until the new one is done. couple more here, Jamie. Can't, Fall Classic went down over the weekend in, in Maryland, and we were talking about the Iroquois rosters. I thought this was, well, that was their sixes roster. This was actually full-scale field games that they kind of do to prepare themselves for the upcoming World Championships, which aren't until 2023, America, the Stars and Stripes, the Yankee Doodle Dandies, uh, Jamie, more or less they fielded like their A roster. Whereas Canada planned for the future, I will say, and and brought, I think like Josh Currier might have been the oldest guy on the team, and a lot of younger, like Donville and, and Teat, not that he wouldn't be there anyways, but a lot of younger guys... And your, you know, your regular suspects, your Dixons, your Burns, your Bergs, those guys weren't there. And USA kind of handed it to Canada at, at the men's level and, and the women, the same thing here. And I kind of feel like, well, I don't know if both countries were on the same page when, when they headed into the fall classic here. 
But I'm like at the end of the day, I'm okay with this. I think this is smart by Canada to prepare for the future. Like at the end of the day, this fall classic means absolutely nothing. And you want to get these guys a little taste of what international lacrosse is going to be like. And maybe some guys that you're unsure about that have the potential to make it. They may, they may not. How's it all going to fit? Where do you see them playing? So they gave a lot of opportunity to these younger guys. And and I think it's the right move from that leadership group. Yeah, well, they clearly weren't on the same page, and I don't know. You it know, just didn't me, make for a great play weekend. Event, if you're gonna, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and I, I didn't really catch what I didn't know what was really going on. I didn't know what they were playing field, and I know now know they were playing field. And I guess next weekend they're doing it again, but it's sixes, right? Right. That's mostly where I was different confused. rosters, yeah. but not totally different rosters. And maybe that but, was part of it too. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe but, some but guys both teams are doing that, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure, really. I don't. You know, you don't get a lot of news on that. I on know. That. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, they they played the college champions from each as well, and Canada ended up beating Virginia, which was kind of weird because the U.S. barely got by. Like Canada beat Virginia convincingly. USA just beat Virginia, but then USA beat Canada pretty convincingly. So it's just kind of a weird weekend, and I'm. I'm really looking forward to the this, this sixes and, and getting a little taste of this at, at a high level. Like, I've seen it played by, like, developing countries and stuff, and it's not really, like, I can't really tell how much I like it or don't like it. Or yeah, I've heard, some names on, I've heard some names on the roster this weekend for Canada. Give it to Break uh, some news here, Jamie. Give it to me. Challen Rogers on that list? Better well, be. he was on the, he, he, he was on the list, but he's not going. Okay. Um, you know, for a couple of reasons, but Challen was on the list. Um, Latrell Harris will be there. Speaking um, of Latrell um, Harris, Jamie, just before I let you go on, I saw a little video that, that the track put up, uh, Paul Tucka and, and, and the boys there with Sean Holm. I saw, tell me I saw this, Latrell Harris, like deadlifting over 500 pounds multiple times. Probably. There, listen, there, there's a few beasts in here led by Dan Dawson, the 40 year old. Like he's just a freak. Challen as well. Latrell. Yeah, they, they're, they were all getting after it, but Latrell like had, and like he was pumping up an extra hundred yeah. than everybody else was and making it look easy. It freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. He's way, I'll tell you what, he's, he's looking great. He's huge. He's in great shape. He's itching to go. I was just, chat with them about that today and just ready to go man uh he hasn't played in the nll you know he missed the year before too so it's been like three years for him so he's just chomping at the bit he's a man now no question about it okay who else so, so challenge was on the list l train who who, who else can you list? Uh, well, who's other what other names did i hear i i heard courier uh has gotta be there is. Hossick. i i I did hear Teet. I did hear Hossick. I heard they also got a few younger guys on that team again. Um, Might have heard Dyson Williams' name again. He was on that last team. Um, Who else did I hear? Well, there's a a few for you anyways. They'll drop that roster coming out pretty quick. Speaking of rosters. Dylan Ward. I think I um, heard Dylan Ward. Good times. Trade Ward. Don't trade Ward uh, for Team Canada, but maybe for the Mammoth. Uh, 
yeah, that, that, he's he's pretty good in goal, that Dylan Ward, in, in both disciplines. So, well, this is a perfect segue right here, Jamie. Uh, speaking of goaltenders and rosters and all the rest of it, uh, got a little message from my old combatant over there in Victoria, Walt Christensen, uh, former NLL coach and coach of the Shamrocks as well, and now the head coach of Team England, who are heading to the European Championships in the upcoming summer season. I believe that's going down in August. I'm not exactly sure where in Europe, but Europe nonetheless. And your boy, Nick Rose, and Frank Shiliano, who are kind of the two top flight goaltenders with English heritage, are unable to attend this tournament for one reason or another, probably because it's in August and they'll be playing for other teams. But uh, Walt Christensen looking for a goaltender for Team England. Now, I put this out, and I got, like, a massive reply already, so this may be a done deal already, but if you're out there and either your parents or your grandparents were born in England or carry English passports, and you play goaltender in box lacrosse, and you might want to head to Europe for a European Championships in August, get at me, and uh, I'll hook you up with Coach. So there you go. Last quick stick I have of course NLL 35 moments I was chatting with uh, Ryan Ireland a a little bit today there's only a few left to go I thought they were going to run this right into the the start of the season my math was obviously off but he said he's got a few good ones left in the tank which uh, which is awesome and this one's pretty awesome right here as NLL 35 moments this week. This happening back in 1999, April 14th. Gary Gate wins his, check this out, Jamie, fifth straight MVP. Gary led the league in goals scored each of his MVP seasons. Gate, if Gate's averages were applied to an 18-game schedule, he would have averaged 77 goals per game <laughs> and 46 assists for 124 points per season. No other player has won more than three MVPs. Gary won five straight NLL 35 moments. Pretty good. Pretty impressive. Is that good? Is that what the boys say? Yeah, like? no, that's not bad. It's eh? so- Think about those averages over 18 77 oh, goals a year. Averaging. Yeah. Averaging. Nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there. I always refer to John Tavares as the greatest box lacrosse player of all time. And when the NLL posted up 35 moments this week on the old Instagram, John Tavares commented with just the goat emoji on that post. Just saying that. So, JT, for him, Gary's the GOAT. What do you think? Gary or JT? Well, honestly, I didn't get... I wasn't really around in either of their heydays. So, you know, I mean, it's really tough to... You know what do you what do you say? It's Points the longevity this, that. that does it for me, man. It's the longevity that does it for me. And I think JT's titles, as far as summer and and NLL go, like you can't deny that longevity. Okay, and then, okay so you want to get into this? But then, pure production. And, and, and I would say, like, I'm going to throw Doily's name in there. Like, yeah, you know, you talk about a guy with the points, with the championships. He, I think, he missed the playoffs once in his entire 20 year career. Um, 
you know, he wasn't a part of those rock teams that missed the playoffs, went to us. I just, but, but, That's you know, JT has got, JT's got those points that Doily doesn't have, and he's got more longevity and he's got championships and, and then how do you compare Gary? Because, well, like you said, you, you take Gary's stats and put them in today's game, just, but it's a much different game. And I'm not saying Gary wouldn't be a goat in today's game. He might be game, better in this in he, this era, Gene. Yeah, yeah, he might be. But it's just it's tough to compare eras. It's like the whole LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Brown, you know, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like it's just different generations and different, and they're all they're all the greatest of their generation. Who's the greatest of all time? Like, you know, it's like doing the football one. Tom, you know. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom, well, I mean, yes, Tom Brady, but there's guys I know, that'll I know, make I know. an argument that Joe Montana. And then, you know, some people say Dan Marino might have been the best quarterback to ever play, and he didn't win a championship. Can't so, be the best ever if you don't win a championship. I don't care. That's Well, on, hey, on a team sport, could you could be. No. You no. could be. No. Not, I'm not. Well, I disagree with you on that. I'm not saying he is in football right now. I mean, I used to be a, I mean, I'm a big LA guy. First I think if you're that all, great, you're I'm getting your team to the championship. Guy. If you're that great yeah. of a player, you're winning the champion. Like you're carrying the team. Well, I think on Tom Brady's kind of proving that to us right now I because right. I know he's got good guys around him now. But like I said, I was a Manning guy and. I just the more Brady does it, the yeah. more to walk onto I another team and win in your first year there with a brand new team, new scheme, with new no coaches. training camp, with like, no nothing. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, that was quick sticks there, Jamie, and and that was a good chunk of quick sticks. They were all brought to you by our good friends at the National Lacrosse League. Don't forget to sign up for the National Lacrosse League newsletter. I got some new information that is going to be coming probably next week. It's going to be big information too. But for this week, don't forget, well, so you don't miss the big information next week. This is the thing. Get signed up to the NLL newsletter. Go to NLL.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and sign up now. And then as soon as you're done that, head to fanatics.ca or NLLshop.com and make sure you get swagged up. For the upcoming season, training camp just less than two weeks away here, people. You do not want to be left out in the cold. Jerseys, hats, hoodies, shirts, you name it. Fanatics.ca or NLLshop.com and get yourself ready for the upcoming NLL season. It is fast approaching. One more quarter to go here on Lax Class. Stampede Stallion of the Week is next. We're back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Crew Chief Todd LaBranche. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Fourth quarter is a go. That means no more breaks here on the podcast, which I know you like. We like it too. But I do have to tell you about our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. 
I think I mentioned this last week. Jamie Hook made a little deal with the boss down there at ALP. Earrings for labels. That's in the works. Uh, just waiting for the, the call to say that they're done and come pick them up. So that's exciting stuff. Um, thanks to, to all the good folks down there at Associated LP. Need a label, need a package. You go to AssociatedLP.com and they'll focus on you. They focus on ethics and quality. That's all you need to know about Associated Labels and Packaging. Whatever you need as far as a package or a label, they have it, and they'll do the best job for you. Stampede Stallion of the Week. Before we head to the stables, though, Jamie, you know i got to get this in there. Follow Jamie Dowick on Twitter at jdowick. You can follow me at PXP for sports anywhere on social media. The show is at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page and an email address. Because I hear email is pretty popular. It's going to be sticking around for a while. Lacrosseclassified at gmail.com is where you can send the emails to. And uh, don't forget, subscribe. I say this every week, and I, I sincerely mean this. Please, subscribe to the podcast. I don't know if there's people out there that each week they just go looking for it on Spotify or Apple or whatever. Subscribe to it. It gets delivered straight to your phone. Just pop open the app, boom, there it is, and done deal. You can also put down a review of the podcast as well. That would help our engagement with uh, getting this show out to more listeners. And speaking of the listeners, I I know I do my best to thank you guys each week, but I just want to say once again here, and I, and I, I I like to take the time here because... The numbers continue to go up each and every week, Jamie, and I just want to welcome all our new listeners. I want to thank all our existing listeners, and it's honestly a weekly, almost daily basis. I get messages, for whether it be um, text or social media or I see somebody in person that says, hey, I was listening to the podcast, and they asked me a question, or hey, I love your podcast. And it, it just takes me back a little bit each time thinking about how many people this podcast is reaching on a weekly basis. And it, it is truly humbling to know how many people are out there actually listening to us. So I just want to say thank you once again, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, no, it's great, man. I, I love, you know, we love talking lacrosse. And if we can uh, shed some light on some stuff in behind the scenes or information, whatever, happy to do it. So there you go. Uh, thanks to everybody who's tuned in to lax class right now and speaking right now mount up jamie dalek we're heading for the stables <laughs> a little out of breath uh, after that ride james so i don't think i'm gonna do my my famous horse impersonation this week but uh we have reached the stampede tack and Western Wear Stables for this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. And my selection this week, Jamie. And uh, where do I want to begin with with my clues? Let's, uh, let's do this because you always want a little bit of a timeline to start things off. Selected in the fourth round, 51st overall in the 2007 Entry dropped. I will even give you <laughs> the team he was drafted to if I can. All right. No, I don't. I can't. I don't. I don't have it. Do it. Do it. Come on. <laughs> well, what do you mean you don't have it? Well, let me just see here. Let me see. I want to say 
Hang on. Fourth round. Two south. I mean, I'm not cheating here. So, like, I got no clue. I know. That's my I want, first it just it doesn't have it listed. It's weird because he was drafted in 2007, but his stats only go back to 2010. So, I don't know. Maybe he, did, he didn't make it out of his draft year, which uh, I don't well, know. Well, he didn't. Mitch Jones? No, it's not Mitch Jones. Um, next clue will be... Because uh, he played hockey after he was drafted for a few years. Did, I think well, that's what fin- gets that. Finishing school at, at Northern yeah. Michigan. Uh, there I you go. Have, okay, I will say this. He is a NLL champion. He is a Man Cup champion and a President's Cup champion. Uh, I'll tell you that he won his President's Cup with the Six Nations River. All right, here we go. He's also a double silver medalist at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championship. So that's a pretty telling clue there, Jamie. Silver medalist at the World Indoor. Is it, is it Johnny Palace? Uh, you're on the right track, but no, it is not Johnny Palace. I told you this is going to be a tough one for you. I'm, I'm trying to lead you down the path here. His championships won in the National Lacrosse League came with the Rochester Nighthawks. Thanks, Tips. <laughs> yeah, I figured that one out already. That doesn't help me. Okay. Uh, well, okay, it should. Then, I didn't uh, tell you that before. Right. Well, so President, uh, President, so the Riverman, that's the one that I got to figure out. He resides. Uh, he is from Conewaga. Yeah, he got me in the Riverman one. Okay, so he spent time, his majority of his career in Rochester, couple yeah. years in Buffalo, and I want to say there's a Minnesota slipped in there somewhere as well. Okay, I'm gonna, oh, give, I'm I'm gonna give you I'm one more. Uh, I'm gonna give you one more. This is it. Oh my god, this is it. Last clue. He's part of the union. Come on. Oh, he was drafted by the Minnesota Swarm. There you go. 51st overall in 07. I think he's Philadelphia wing property now. So he's still active. He wasn't active for a couple of years, but he has been reactivated. That should give it away. Kahnawake, from Kahnawake, won championships in Rochester, part of the union. The, what union? The goalie union. Oh, the goalie union. Okay, so then who's there? Who's there? Oh, they got a... Angus Goodley. There you go. Angus. Oh, I bang. In the nick of time with a huge assist to jumble. <laughs> that was pretty you had, bad. You had okay, to okay, Angus Goodleaf. There you go. Angus Ang Bang Goodleaf. And listen, a hundred and what happened to him? He got well, hit by a ball. He or? had a. He had. A, I believe he had a heart attack or a, a minor infarction. At the President's Cup in Kanawha. Right, I remember that. And had to be taken off the floor, off to the hospital, and hasn't played since and was off for a long, long time. Uh, But apparently has gotten back to, obviously, good enough health to to attend NLL training camp in Philadelphia. So it's great to hear. And and Gussie, like, is, is just one of those guys who guys love. Like, everybody loves. You know what? He was a guy. I remember when we used to play Rochester. And for some reason, we had some good success about, against Vino uh, a couple times, and we and we got him pulled early. And I'll tell you, every time we got, you know, you get 
you get Vino chased out of a game and you're thinking this is great. Yeah. And then Gussie would come in the and ultimate he'd kill backup. us, man. The like ultimate he'd kill backup. us. Yeah. Like some, yeah, yeah. Some guys are he was really good. Like Steve Fryer strikes me as that guy. He's just so good at coming in to a game cold off the bench and just shutting the Brody McDonald was another guy that was really good at that. Um, some goalies just have, there's other goalies that just cannot do it. Like if you take a starter and you, okay, you got the night off and then you have to put him into the game. Like he usually just stinks. So I don't yeah, know why well, they're some, so routine, right? Yeah. The starters are so routine where the backups, you know, they're just ready to jump in there. I but guess. I can I all, all, Angus gave us fits for sure. When, I mean, generally when you got him, I can remember them getting back in games because we'd be up a ton to get Vino pulled and then, uh, you know, games tight at the end because he'd come in and only give up one or two the rest of the way and stand on his head. Well, here you go. So drafted back in 07, I don't think he played a game in the league until 2010 with the Bandits before being on to Rochester in 2013. So he gets two out of the three championships. But I look at the numbers over 155, 155 regular season and 17 playoff games he is suited up for. And he's maybe only started like a total of 20 games out of those 170 games. And his record is like not, you know, he's like 500 sort of thing. That's to me, that's the ultimate warrior and team guy that can hang around a, a league and a, and a franchise for that long may not push his way to the number one spot, but to be around and be the guy and be okay. Like that's not an easy thing to do to be standing there for that many games and only have that many starts. That's a testament to him. Yeah. Backup goalies are, you know, guys that have long careers that are backup goalies are generally guys like that. They're great teammates. They're great team guys. And, and and they're all about the team. Yeah, like and, I think Tyler Carlson, another guy, kind of like that, right? Like you just, yep, yep. He'd be a guy, and and there's you know just that's their job, really, as much as to be ready to go in. It's you know you're a big team guy, and, and on an important role on that team, you're not just swinging the door. So yeah. whether you're on the floor or not, you know, and then the longevity speaks for itself. And and he's a guy that might have got a chance in Halifax if that whole, whole thing at the president. Right. You know, he didn't have that medical issue. Yeah. Uh, who knows? So a couple unlucky breaks, but it's good to see him back in the league. And, and I think uh, a, a good pick for the Stampede Stallion. I appreciate it. Made you work for it this week. I'll look forward to your selection next week. And uh, we're going to have to find something to talk about in the big focus as well. So keep that in the back of your mind. But for this week, I think we are done on Lax Class. Uh, big thank you. Well, actually, we can't can't go before I tell you about our friends at Stampede Tack and Westernware one more time, Jamie. Uh, the oil skin collection, the Outback collection there at Stampede Tack and Westernware. I was kind of checking that out a little earlier today. Outback trading premium oil skin and outdoor clothing. They got it there at Stampede Tack and Westernware. Cloverdale, 1966. Shop online. It's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Big thanks to them, the NLL, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, of course, for all their continued support here on the podcast. Support them. That's how you support this show. Continuing, big thanks to Sean Swanson for coming by the podcast and talking a little Nanaimo Timberman. To you, the listener, I 
give you a good thank you earlier, but I'll give you another one. Thanks for checking out Wax Class each and every week right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Jamie Doc, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.